Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Before we even kick off the podcast, I want to just remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. All right, here we go. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. I have got Coach Wes Fleming with me today. Coach Fleming is currently the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Midland University, uh, entering his second season there. Uh, his first season in 2019, Coach Fleming helped the Warrior offense to a 7-4 and four record and ranked top 15 nationally in multiple offensive categories, including scoring offense, rushing offense, um, and total offensive yards. Before coming to Midland, Coach Fleming served as the offensive coordinator for two years at Kansas Wesleyan University, where I believe they scored upwards of 8 billion points per game, um, and spent one year coaching defense there. Uh, got his coaching career started at St. Ambrose, coaching the defensive backs for one season, uh, and was a former safety for the Fighting Bees. Uh, so, Coach, what's going on? How are you? How's everything going? Coach, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. For sure. So, I, I kind of, you know, joked about the 8 billion points per game, but you guys did score a ridiculous amount of points. Um, talk to me a little bit about how the offensive line played a part in the, the success of those, those really high-flying teams and, and the, the team you had last year at Midland. Oh man, well, uh, well, starting with the uh, we'll start with the Kansas Wesleyan one. We did, uh, you know, Matt Drinkle, uh, who kind of, you know, taught me everything I know football wise and just kind of general life lessons. Uh, you know, he did a gr- such a good job of building that team um, in the correct way. And um, you know, as any coach, you, you can you can say you know it starts inside out, but um, you know, we that team was. You know, the in 2016 and 17, we were pretty young up front, and we had a you know a hand you know handful of seniors that that came through. But by 2018, hit um, you know we were pretty upperclassmen dominant and guys who had played a lot of football at that point. So um, just through you know physical maturity and and mental knowledge of the game, um, those guys kind of you know, led the way for us. And you can, you can see, especially with those, you know, our rushing numbers, um, those guys, those guys were special. That was a special group. So um, transitioning to Midland, we had a, you know, I was blessed last year when I, when I got here, um, we had a lot of guys who played a lot of, a lot of football for us. Um, I bet three, um, three of our seniors had, had probably almost started a full three, if not all four years by the end of last season. So um, you know, just it, it shapes what type of um, culture you want to have on your side of the ball up front of how, you know, mean and nasty those guys want to be. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, um, you know, the stuff that we put on our guys up front is, 
you know, we're not going to make them think too much. So the, the more that they can, you know, lead and lead by example and really kind of be the voice of the offense, um, it, it makes us uh, really go. Right. It's, that's such a, a key component, I think, especially for, you know, looking at your guys' offense where, where I'm assuming you've brought some of that tempo with you to, to Midland, but um, it's all about keeping things simple. And if you can keep things simple for the guys up front, um, especially you can really, really make some damage and really do some things offensively that, you know, you might not be able to do when you try to slow things down and, and let the defense get, get set up and let the, let the coordinators kind of see things when you're moving at that fast pace and that offensive line knows what's going on and, and can keep things simple and, and effective. It's, it's dangerous. Yeah. And our, our, uh, we always joke about it. Like football is an extremely hard game, so don't make it harder than it needs to be. So <laughs> right. We, uh, you know, like you met, you hit on the tempo thing, you know, if you can, if you get going in a, a good clip, you know, you can kind of dictate how creative the defense is going to be and um, kind of how we have stuff set up in our system. Of if we get a somewhat of a base look, our guys can do that in their sleep. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of, you know, the tempo piece for us is, yeah, going fast, it, you know, gets you more plays at the end of the day, but, um, you know, mentally it helps our guys out a ton. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, you kind of talked about the the Kansas Wesleyan days a little bit, and and one of the anybody who's on Twitter and 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 follows Coach Drinkle sees kind of some of the things he puts out there, and and uh, I remember following you guys along for for those couple of years. Talk to me just about that relationship, or the relationship that 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 entire staff had, um, and it, it to me to me watching from the outside, it looked like you guys were the most fun team in, in America from, for any level as, as a football team and a staff. Uh, just talk to me about kind of how those relationships were and, and, and how you, you know, plan to kind of take that with you as you progress through your coaching career. Oh man, absolutely. And, and the funny piece of it is, uh, so in 2010, I was sitting in, in Marion Catholic, my high school, and here walks in this, you know, clean cut guy, from St. Ambrose, who I had no clue who it was, and we sat down and hit it off and ended up going to Ambrose to play, and that same guy's like, hey, you want to come coach for me? And that was uh, that was Matt Drinkle, and um, I get to St. Ambrose, and, you know, they pair you. We had, like, a big brother type thing, and I get paired with um, some guy from the Quad Cities named John Micheletti, and <laughs> you look six years ahead, and, you know, we're, you know, best friends, and um coaching every day together and that's what kind of made it so special and I think our our kids could see that of like we weren't Mm -hmm. going into work we were going in to hang out and you know (laughs) give each other crap every day and you know push (laughs) each other and just because being competitive guys but it was a very um unique dynamic in the sense that we were all so close Mm -hmm. that um you know through just the football piece of it, we all had the same goals in mind, but, you know, we were always around each other and our families were around each other. And, uh, you know, it really grew to be like just one, that that whole staff and that whole team was just a, a big family. So, you know, m- moving forward, that's one thing that I've always looked at in a coaching profession is just, you know, you get people around you that, you know, you can trust and that you're going to get along with, you're going to be able to do some some special stuff with them. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, you, you got, I mean, I'm, assu- I'm assuming at some point 
every now and again you guys would butt heads. I mean, was that was that something that happened a lot, or was that something that just kind of every now and again? So we we would butt heads like like an older brother would butt heads with their younger brother, right? right. So and that's how we looked at um, you know we looked at each other. It, it was just you know families of you know if there's something going wrong, we're gonna figure it out right away, and then once that's squashed, it's over with, and you know we're moving on. So you know the the funny piece of it is. You know, to this day, like I was called um, Coach Drink, one of my best friends, but I I still don't think I've ever called him by his first name because I think I'm still kind of scared of him. So, <laughs> <laughs> still saving my phone as Coach Drinkle, but right. um, you know he, you know just everything he did when he got there, um, as far as building the program up, football wise, and then doing it in a way that just makes it a fun environment, and you, you know you don't want to you know, going into work is, you know, some of your best parts of your day. So um, it really made it uh, an exciting experience for me. Right. But that's what, I mean, that's what, as, as coaches, we want that. I mean, you want, you want to go into work every day and be excited and be, be ready to go. You don't want it to be, uh, you know, a drain on you and you don't want it to be uh, not fun. You want it to be fun. And, and, and that's what everybody, I think that's what every coach really strives for is that, that experience and that energy where you don't have to fake it, you know, it's just there. Yeah. And I, even, uh, when I get, when I got here to, to Midland and talking to some of the players, I'm like, man, if I wanted to, you know, have my door shut and do work by myself, I was like, I would have gotten a different profession. I was right. like, I'm here, you know, I'm here to be loud, here to be excited and, you know, to be around guys with the same mindset and the same, uh, competitive drive that I have. And, you know, we're going to have fun along the way, but, you know, when you have dudes that trust that you're, you're doing this in a, a genuine fashion, mm-hmm. um, I truly believe that they'll play harder for you as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that. Yeah, that's, I mean, I've said this a hundred times before on this podcast, but kids, kids can smell bull crap a mile away and they can, they can find a fake um, that, you know, they can, they can, it's like finding, they can find it anywhere. So it, it don't, don't, don't fake it. Be, be genuine and be true with them. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the other questions I had for you is looking at your bio, um, you've got a lot of time for, you know, for an offensive coordinator, you spent an awful lot of time on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, you were a, a defensive back. You coached the DBs. Um, I'm assuming your first year at Kansas Wesleyan, you were coaching the DBs. Um, how did that transition to offensive coordinator come to be, and, and what struggles did you have making that change? Um, so – Throwing it all the way back, so I was always, uh, like, growing up was always a quarterback until I got, you know, halfway through high school, and they're like, hey, you can't throw very well. Go play defense. <laughs> so um, from there, I kind of, like, you know, just took my took my role and, you know, played real, um, defensive football for, you know, the rest of my high school career and in college, but, you know, the offensive side of the ball was always still on my mind. So mm-hmm. when I finished up at um, coaching at Ambrose, and Drinkle called me. He's like, hey, do you want to come coach offense? And I was like, yeah, there's like you guys score a thousand points a game. Come teach me whatever I whatever I need to know. So, um, you know, that that portion of coaching defense for so long. Um, I think nowadays, especially it's helping me more mm-hmm. uh, just being able to see things from from both sides of the ball. Now, like you said, I think the. The transition piece of it 
um, going from a defensive coach to an offensive coach as far as ter terminology stuff and then kind of how you look at the game, especially like the first game day, like getting caught up of not, you know, watching your just yourself. Because like as a defensive coach, you're watching like your specific piece, pieces. But like offensively, I was, you know, watching the receivers, mm -hmm. not realizing what else is going on. So it just – more uh, the transition piece was, you know, pretty quick. But that first game was kind of like a, a shock of like, hey, I got to make sure I'm, you know, if he asks me a question, I know what I'm talking about. But um, I do think for you know professionally and and down the road that playing and coaching defense for for that short time has helped me uh, as far as how I um, look at the game, especially right. like especially during the week when we're like breaking stuff down. Right. Well, I mean, and you can, I mean, that's, you know, that's what, as a guy who coaches quarterbacks in the offense, you can look at a defense and kind of understand what they're trying to do coverage wise. And, and you'll be able to, you know, even more so than, than another coach because you've done it and you've played it and you know sort of what to expect. And you can then relay those messages to your quarterbacks and your receivers and say, Hey, you know, this is, you know, th this is what they're trying to do here. This is where this route should sit, or this is where you should put this ball or, or something along those lines that other people might not have that, that luxury, I guess, if you want to call it that. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I always, uh, I always joke with our quarterbacks. I was like, every once in a while, you just got to find the one guy that the DC doesn't want out there. I was like, <laughs> I was, I was probably that guy. So I know what that looks like. Right. Yeah, exactly. Pick on the, pick on the, the one who shouldn't be there. Right. That, that's, yep. that's what, I mean, we do that as offensive linemen too. We tell, we, you know, find the, find the, the quote unquote weak link and, and run at him or, or, uh, you know, trap him or do something, you know, get him, get him where he's not, he's already not comfortable out there. Get him even more uncomfortable. Yep. Get him uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, Coach, last question I've got for you, um, and, and again, you've been a part of some good teams uh, as a player and a coach. If you could make a Mount Rushmore uh, of offensive linemen from guys you've coached, guys you've played with, or guys you're just a fan of, who would be on that that five-person Mount Rushmore? Oh, man. Guys I've coached or played with? Mm -hmm. um, I'm for sure going to start left tackle – would be Eli Smith. He just finished at Kansas Wesleyan this year. Mm -hmm. um, left guard, man. Left guard, I'd probably say Daniel Jan. He was at. He just finished at Midland this year. Center, I'm gonna say Dan Mahoney. He was a. He played with me at St. Ambrose. He was okay. one of the smartest football players I've ever seen. Um, man. I would probably go right guard would be Darius Brown from Kansas Westland. He was uh, he just finished up this year as well. And then right tackle, I'd probably go oh probably Carl Meister. He was an Ambrose guy. He was a two-time All-American, but he was the one of the funniest people to be around at practice because he was like the most intimidating looking guy. Right. He was just the kindest, goofiest guy at, at practice on the field. So um, those are just all guys that I've been around and seen like in person. Obviously you, you, you see some guys on, on the other teams you play against and you're like, who, who is that? dude?" Right. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't remember their names, but you know, I, 
I've been been blessed having, um, you know, like I said, coming into this situation at Midland with with guys here and, uh, you know, the, my time at Wesleyan, those, you know, there were so many guys who matured so much over the time. And then, you know, Ambrose, we were just, I mean, they just brought in so many good, good old linemen there. So, right. I mean, there's a, there's a thousand guys you can, you can put on that list, but those are, those are the first ones that come to mind when, uh, when I'm thinking of it. Okay. Very good. I like it. Very, uh, it's a, it's a good list and, and some good, good players, some good spread out players there. So um, coach real quick, before we get you out of here, do me a favor, uh, drop your Twitter handle uh, for everybody and any other information you want them to know. Yep. Uh, so Twitter handle is Fleming underscore coach. Uh, Fleming is with one M. Um, and coach, I just want to thank you. You guys do, you guys do an awesome job on Twitter. You know, I've been following you guys on that forever. So you guys keep that up and, uh, I love the, the podcast portion of it. So I appreciate you having me on and, uh, hopefully we'll be, uh, speaking about some football here, uh, when all this clears up. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, well, yeah, I yeah, I appreciate you coming on and, and best of luck this upcoming year. Hopefully everybody stays healthy and safe. And uh, again, looking forward to looking forward to talking some more football soon. Yes, sir. Thanks, coach. All right. Thank you. Thanks again for everyone listening. And remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of Hog Football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support and be on the lookout for our Hog Football Chat series and from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome...